0: Welcome to Multifamily Syndication Unscripted, a show that teaches investors the truth about multifamily real estate. Your hosts, Ben Labovich, Sam Grooms, and Scott Hollister have more than 30 years of combined experience in real estate and finance. We are active multifamily syndicators and operators, providing you with detailed and cycle-appropriate content. Absolutely no fluff. So, if you want to be smarter about how and where you put your capital to work, listen up. You will learn what works in today's market conditions.
1: You guys, now when I say that I'm talking to you guys listening, uh, listening to this. Um, one of the very tricky things in multifamily is uh, revolves around the fact that people don't do reporting the same way. And some of it is intentional, and some of it is unintentional. But if you look, if you if you consider all of the things that cost you money, then you have to wonder, like, what line item do I put this particular expense into? Well, at the end of the day, everybody doesn't make the same choice. Everybody doesn't put things in the same line item. So what Sam and I do, and this is I'm... I'm taking a step back a little bit and looking at it from 10,000 feet in the air, kind of uh, bird's eye view. What Sam and I do at the beginning of our underwriting process uh, is we, we do what's called normalize the numbers, normalize the trailing numbers if they're available. Now we don't, so much care what the trailing numbers are. We underwrite to our pro forma. We don't, we're not buying what is there. We're gonna, we're buying what's gonna be there when we're done. But having said that, we, we want to make sure that there are no huge anomalies. Am I saying that word right? Anomaly. Anomaly. Abnormalities? Um. So we, we kind of go, go through the seller's trailing twelve, and we take each and every line item, and you know we, we put it in to our model. Where would we want this expense to be? Where would we want this cost to show up in? Um, because we want to be looking at apples to apples. Well, repair. Maintenance, contract services, and to a certain extent, payroll, I kind of the three that go hand in hand because the costs associated with those three could go potentially in either one of those three. And so it's really difficult to talk about each one individually without acknowledging the fact that they kind of all go together. For example, We just talked about payroll. Well, what if as an owner, you make a decision that instead of hiring a full-time maintenance supervisor, what you do instead is you hire a part-time for like the, 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 the difficult jobs, okay? But... You outsource everything else. Or what if you don't hire a maintenance supervisor and you just outsource everything? Well, then you would put it into contract services because that's what it is. It's contracted service. Okay. However, you as the new owner can say, I'm not going to run the property that way because that's stupid. I just, you know, it's, it's not, I couldn't, I'm not going to sit there and babysit this thing. Somebody else needs to be, it needs to be their job to sit there and babysit this thing, not me. So I'm not going to be calling my plumber every time something leaks and, and, and paying all those bills. I need to have somebody on staff who is going to be responsible for making sure I don't have to take those calls. Well, In order to compare apples to apples, you have to have a recognition of the fact that you're basically doing the same thing, right? Whether you do it via contract service or you do it via payroll, you are accomplishing the same objective of making sure that nothing leaks, that's not supposed to leak. That's a question of how do you want to run your property? But to compare apples to apples, you are looking at the contract service over here and comparing it to your projections of the payroll over there to see how things make sense. Having said that, let's step back and let's define what typically would go into R&M and what typically would go into contract services. Repair and maintenance. Well, first of all, contract services is easy. It's a contract. So anything that is contracted. Lengthy. Lawn. Uh, snow removal. Pool. Services, pest control. Pest control. Garbage removal. Now, garbage, a lot of people like to put it into um, uh, utilities. utilities. But it's, it's really you're signing a contract. You know, you're, 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 if you have a contract with a distributor like Dish Network, and they're distributing service to the entire complex, whatever. Um, what, whatever you are signing contracts, that's your contract services. That's what should be in your contract services. You should really not be putting maintenance items into your contract service. If you're gonna run it professionally, you shouldn't be fixing leaky faucet and calling it contract service because that's not really what it is, okay? So those kind of things where you are signing a contract for a year for this company to come out and take care of X, Y, Z, that's your contract services. Okay. Repair and maintenance. You can break that down into basically it's supplies. Most of it is your supplies. Now, that's only true if you have a maintenance supervisor on payroll because the only thing that they will need to do their job, the salary is already taken care of. You're not gonna source it out so you don't have to add anything to contract services. So all you need is materials. So your, your repair and maintenance essentially comes down to purchasing uh, supplies.
2: And, and where the, the overlap comes from is when you have stuff like painting or cleaning, and are you doing that in-house, or are you doing it outside? And even if some people are doing it on third party, sometimes they'll still put it in r and sometimes they'll put it in contract services, or appliance repair, plumbing repairs, all those can be done in-house or third party. Right. And, and it's not like you have a 12-month contract. But if it's a third party. Do you include that in contract services, repairs and maintenance? And I guess the big overarching thing, it doesn't really matter. You just have to know what the property is doing it, how they're doing it, how they're recording it, and then normalize it to what you're, how you're going to underwrite it.
1: So let's let's talk about normalizing it. Let's talk about normalizing how you're going to underwrite it. So here you have contract services and here you have repair and maintenance. What would you expect your repair and maintenance to be on a per-door basis? And what would you expect your contract services to be on the per-door basis? And what would you expect those to be
2: combined? So for us, for repairs and maintenance, we're going to average between 450 and 550 per door per year. Um, And and you get a range because, like we mentioned in payroll, you have different mechanical setups, you have boiler chillers, you have central AC, HVACs, Um, you could have flat roofs, you could have pitched roofs, Um, you could have one pool, you could have two pools. Right.
1: It's all dictated by the mechanical setup of the property you know, how many supplies you're gonna need and how much what. But, you know, the repair and maintenance, I've seen it, you know, it could be as low as $400 and it can be as high as $1,200. You go into Midwest and you're dealing in the Midwest with flat roofs, freezing pipes, and 70s construction or 60s construction. Um, Your repair and maintenance budget could be just crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is have you seen?
0: yeah. So, any trailing twelve? Have you seen any of the owners putting some of the repair and maintenance into the capex budget in the last year well,
1: that's or two? A conversation altogether. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where we get into the monkey business.
0: So normalizing monkey business, got it. (laughs) That's
1: that's a separate pod. We have several podcasts scheduled, right, for uh, CapEx later on. Mm -hmm. Um, Partially, this is why. Okay, contract service. What should contract service be normalized
2: at, just about? It just depends. What does your landscaping look like? Do you need your grass cut? In Phoenix, you need your grass cut every week if you're going to have grass, um, if, or do you have desert landscaping? A lot of places out here have rocks and cacti. Um, so what is your lawn service going to be? Uh, what is your pool service going to be if you have pools? Um, do you need pest control? I mean, it, a lot of it's going to be looking at the T12 and what are those services costing them now? And it's also going to depend on your renovation plan. What if the property might not have rocks or grass now, but you plan on putting in grass um, and landscaping, you're going to have to account for that cost in your contract services. So again, I think we can
1: back out of this conversation, the reality that on a, a property per property basis, we're going through the rationale and we're asking the question, how much is this stuff going to cost us in dollar terms? We're not using percentages. We're not, you know, yes, there are guidelines, but I'm telling you, I have seen reasonable repair and maintenance that I could believe on a newer property at $400. And I have seen repair and maintenance that I can easily believe on an older property in Midwest at $1,200 and 1300 And I understand why such a big gap. I, I get it. I know. Like, for instance, I don't like town home setups. I own some town homes, but I don't like that setup. They're attractive to tenants, granted. But the staircase makes it so that you have a lot more flooring to put down. You wouldn't think so. But the staircase is labor-intensive on flooring. So every time you're replacing flooring, it costs a lot more. You have a lot more paint. You got to reach up the neck, niche above the staircase. They're gonna charge you. Painters are gonna charge you for that. It's gonna take more time. You have a lot more traffic because usually townhomes are a little more square footage so you can fit more people there. So you have larger occupancy numbers. So you have more traffic. You have more people using the shower. You have more people flushing the toilet. things break faster. Okay, so when I am underwriting a property, you know, that 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 has townhomes on it, I am going through the rationale of what I know as an operator, what it means to have townhomes. And I'm adjusting these numbers. I'm not going to have R&M for townhome property as the same number as for garden style property. I'm just not because it's not possible. Okay. on the flip side of it, people in townhomes tend to stay longer. So maybe on the income side of the equation, I have a little lower loss to lease because people want to stay so they'll pay more rent. I have a little lower occupancy uh, vacancy rate. Maybe that's true. And so it's all dynamic and it all kind of works out together. But since we're talking about operating costs, it absolutely is going to cost you more to operate. Uh, you know, a townhome, a two-story dwelling.
2: Make sense? Yeah, and and so for us, on our garden style, 80s construction, we see between 450 and 50, like I said, for R&M, and we usually do about 450 for contract services as our average. Um, and we break that out. It, when we get our reporting from our PM, they combine all that together and call it vendors and materials. Um, but it just says, and I think they their averaging is about nine fifty in their budgets, um, so right in line with what we have it when we break it out. One thing that we didn't talk about is uh, turnover costs. Also, go with your R and um, So your like you said, your carpets.
1: Well, the carpets, the carpets are going to be capex, right? So, so if you're cleaning the carpets, then yeah. obviously that goes into the turn. Uh, but if you are replacing carpets or replacing flooring or tile or what have you, that stuff's going to last you for a few years. So that's a depreciating item that, you know, when you file for your taxes, that's going to be depreciated as capital yeah. improvement. So you move it out of the NOI and, and uh, it, it becomes a CapEx issue. Make sense? Okay. So I, I just want to drill into you guys listening to this. Yet again, case-by-case basis, and there's rationale. Don't be silly about it. Don't be stupid about it. Don't be listening to a webinar that says 50%. Don't be listening to a webinar that says a percentage of your income goes for this. No, no. A piece of carpet costs what it costs, regardless if your rent is 500 or 950. So you are not doing yourself any favors at all by using percentages in this now we back the percentages out so we know kind of what the percentages are where we are in line but we don't underwrite them we underwrite dollars
0: yeah i mean percentages is good to look at quick if you want to quickly underwrite a deal but again getting to the normalizing as you two call it right (laughs) getting to the details Moving around the monkey business, trying to figure <laughs> out what it is. <laughs> in that's terms of, of
1: the CIM conversation that we yeah. uh, started earlier and, and will continue, there's there's day. three sides to every coin in real estate. Let me tell you. Are
0: you gonna tell us the three sides, or we're we just gonna
2: skip that no, for the next one
1: That's a conversation for another day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. In terms of, what do you use? I use. Coins have heads and tails, but I guess we can talk about that whenever we talk about the three-sided coin.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing is that there's, there's heads and tails, and then there's CCIM, so there's three sides. There. Ah, got you. <laughs> it's, it's
2: moving on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In terms of uh, repair and maintenance, does your property manager have really good you know contract services on staff that they're using to fix your property, or are they using third-party as well?
1: It's both. So for HVAC, they're using third party. Um, for but they have a maintenance guy on staff and so anything anything small, any any kind of small thing that happens at the property, he handles. That's what he
0: is being paid. For.
1: Um, if it's okay, a
0: anything that needs a license or a permit, third party. Right. If it's
1: something that uh you know, pest control is third party, obviously, because you have to be licensed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if it's a piece of pool equipment, you know, if it's serious, we're going to have a third party come in and, and do it. Uh, if it's a serious piece of irrigation equipment, um, you know, that, that has to be dug up and, you know, all, all of that, we'll use third party. If it's, uh, but, you know, if a toilet is clogged, if a faucet is leaking,
2: if a lighting fixture needs to be placed. And it, and it changes, right? So when we when we first took over Silver Tree, I mean we're we're renovating every unit, and then part of that renovation they're painting it. So that's that's taking That's not even included in this. That's included in our capex budget for the renovation. Um, but not every unit's getting renovated. Some of them are classic units, and we're just doing a normal turn. When we first took over that was third party painting for the turns, but we noticed our painting service was really high in our expenses and we wanted to cut our expenses. So we ended up bringing that in house and now we have our maintenance person do the painting. Uh, but that wasn't, that wasn't possible at
1: first because when we took over, there were so many. Tickets, yeah. So many work orders. Fixed so many orders that he wasn't able to work on what needed to be fixed immediately. And take time to paint units, but now six months into it, he's caught up on, you know, the maintenance issues at the property and there's time for him to paint. So there's no reason for us to source it out.
2: So again, very dynamic. Mm -hmm. You have to take them in the aggregate and look at them together and not in silos. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. normalize or see those efficiencies over time. Yeah,
1: And you also have to, like I said, you also have to include payroll into that. So yeah. it's almost like, you know, when, when we get our numbers from the PM or we get the underwriting, whatever, I want to add payroll plus contract services plus repair and maintenance, those three items. Because those are the three items that you never know when you, where you're going to find the components in the T12. So yeah, fundamentally... I want the T12. I want to know what the sum of of the three numbers is. And our three numbers always end up being higher than the T12 because obviously this owner is skimping on stuff, trying to cut corners and do things a little cheaper. We have to assume that we're going to run thicker, not as lean, right? Um, Which is, I think, a reasonable assumption. But it's important to look at those three numbers altogether payroll. RM and contract service.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: Okay. All right. Take us out. This has been episode what, nine? Ten. Ten. Wow. We're cooking. <laughs> this has been episode 10 of Multifamily Syndication Unscripted with Sam Grooms, Scott Hollister, and my name is Ben Labovich. We thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Multifamily Syndication Unscripted with your hosts, Ben, Sam, and Scott. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on
2: Multifamily Syndication Unscripted. How did you notice he's no longer the one and only?
1: Yeah, that changed. I <laughs>
0: I've got a hold of it. She called them out. She's like, "Oh no!"
1: <laughs> I noticed this morning. <laughs> Talk soon, guys.
0: See ya.